The talking piece, your information, communication, station. Songs 37, a song of David. Do not fret because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Trust in the Lord and do good. Trust, rely on, depend on. Faith in the word helps you to rely on and depend on and abide in your trust in the Lord so he can help you do good through the sanctification process. A fellowship setting you apart to do good and the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives you gentleness, gives you peace. And it says, let's go to, this brings up an important verse that I'm going to cross reference with Psalms 37. And it's really important for us to empower ourselves and get this because it's important that our attitudes be consistently done with abiding in the Holy Spirit through the power of Christ in his sanctification process of fellowship. I'm going to keep talking about this until you get it. Now it tells us in Galatians 5, it tells us that faith, the fruits of the spirit. And I just want to point this out to you. It's so important for us to do cross references in the word, because this is what it's all about. You're growing your growth, your sanctification process in Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. You don't want to continue to do unbroken fellowship, broken fellowship. It's, it's practice. It's habitual. Abiding is continual. It's remaining. So, when you are trusting in the Lord and you're doing good, you're letting the Holy Spirit sanctify you within the fruits of the Spirit. And one of the fruits of the Spirit that God has, that God has really been cultivating in me through the power of the Holy Spirit is patience. Not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting. Hello, TP family. This is the talking piece, a.k.a. Myra Braxton coming at you. It says, trust in the Lord and do good in verse number three of Psalms 37. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. When you think about taking delight in the Lord, you can go to Philippians 4 
And verse four says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evidence, be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now let's go back to Romans 37. It says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Well, the prerequisite to that is you rejoicing in the Lord. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request, your requests to Jesus. This is what it's telling us to do. Then you go to, back to Psalms 37. There's a prerequisite to all of this. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will do this. He will make your righteous, your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways. When they carry out their wicked schemes, refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil for those who are evil will be destroyed. But those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. So we do not fret. Go back to Galatians 5. It tells you. Now, the practices of the sinful nature, this starts in 519, are clearly evident. They are sexual immortality. All this is pride of life, pride of the flesh, and pride of the eyes. Impurity, sensuality, total irresponsibility, lack of self-control, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, strife, jealousy, fits of anger. Disputes, dissensions, factions that promote heresy. You want want division. You don't want any unity. Envy, drunkenness, riotous behavior, and other things like these. I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. You're not going to inherit it. If you are a true believer, you are walking in daily fellowship. Your fellowship gets broken when you are disobedient to the power of the Holy Spirit. That is consistently setting you apart in the sanctification process of fellowship. You have, as a true believer, 
you have a permanent relationship with Jesus Christ. You habitually need to practice abiding in Jesus Christ in his sanctification process through the power of the Holy Spirit and fellowship. If you do this, Romans 37 is saying, commit your way to the Lord and don't fret. You don't fret because it tells you, but the fruit of the spirit, the result of his presence within us, that's his abiding presence in your heart, in your mind, in your soul, your entire being. That's why Jesus says in Deuteronomy 6, Verses five, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, with all your soul, your entire being. That's the presence of Jesus abiding in you through the power of the Holy Spirit working in you. Stop saying something told me not to do that. That's your, that's Jesus. That's the conscience of the Holy Spirit. He is the one who is directing you. As you abide in him, not to give into your pride of the flesh, your pride of life and your pride of the eyes. Because the fruits of the spirit, because he breathed the Holy Spirit on you. And if you're consistently practicing and habitually and continually walking in the Holy Spirit. And you're committing your way to the to the Lord. And he's making his presence within you shine like the noonday sun. His presence within us is love. It's unselfish concern for others. It's joy. It's inner peace and patience. It says rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. We go back to Philippians 4. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. It says, let your gentleness. It says this for the fruits of the spirit. The fruits of the spirit. Is love, unselfish concern for others, joy. Inner peace, patience. Not the ability to wait, but how we act while we're waiting. That's what trips us up. And the pride of life, pride of the flesh, and pride of the eyes. Not the ability to wait, but how are you acting? What what are your actions like while you're waiting? Are you waiting with kindness? Are you waiting with goodness? Are you waiting with faithfulness? Do you believe what the word of God says? Do you believe what Jesus said? Are you letting the Holy Spirit? Are you abiding in gentleness and self-control? This is about abiding. This is about standing and abiding in the power of Jesus Christ, a fellowship through sanctification and the power of the Holy Spirit. It says against such things, there is no law and those who belong to Christ Jesus has crucified the sinful nature together with its passions 
and appetites. That means the practice of sanctification and fellowship can only be with you abiding in Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus tells us to humble ourselves. You can't humble yourself if you're consistently walking in your pride of life, pride of the flesh and pride of the eyes. It tells you what the sinful nature is. You're walking in impurity, irresponsibility, your behavior, your actions. And catch, let Jesus catch you. Refrain, it says in 37 and 8, refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Don't let the inner me, the enemy of the inner me fool you. Let people do what they want to do. They can't touch you. And a lot of times when you see others trying to do something or say something negative to you, that's a boundary violation that they're trying to do. And you can either respond to it or respond to it the way Jesus wants you to and the power of his Holy Spirit. That's why abiding in Jesus is so important. Because when you fret, the Hebrew language in in Google says to burn or to be kindled with anger. When we allow our anger thoughts to become kindling, burning in our mind, they can soon spark angry actions we might regret. But let's look at the word abiding. That's what we're going to do. We're going to look at the word abiding. I want to empower you. I want to teach you how not only to read and meditate on your word and to pray, but to do it consistently and break it down. Break down the words. This is what I, this is what my content is all about. This is all about what Jesus has given me as a true believer to give to you on my content. This is not any of my This is why I'm going to keep preaching the good news of the gospel. If you don't like it, turn it off. But if you do, then you like living for Jesus as a true believer. You crave for more. Jesus should be your ultimate craving. You're craving before food. You're craving before drink. I don't care what you've done in your life. I don't care how miserably you failed. You can't fail in Jesus. There is no possible way you can fail in Jesus. Because he paid it all butt naked on the cross. And I'm not going to preach to you until I'm blue in the face. What I am going to do is keep giving you the good news. I'm all about empowerment. I'm all about standing and motivation and the power of the Holy Spirit through fellowship. I'm not going back to sleep. I was asleep for a couple of years, especially when COVID hit. 
And when I say that, it doesn't mean that I didn't believe in Jesus Christ. I just wasn't doing what was right. Pride of life, pride of the flesh and pride of the eyes is all sin. And we try to put sin in categories. And I try to put God in compartments. He's not a compartment. He is Elohim, the one true God. And if we abide in him as true believers, if we get this, get this. If you are a believer, your relationship is solid. You don't have to worry about anything. Heaven is yours. It is your fellowship that you need to abide with in Jesus Christ. Your fellowship needs to be abiding and practice every day through the word, through consistent prayer, through consistent gratitude, through consistent surrendering. Is it a challenge? Heck yeah. But it doesn't become, it becomes less and less of a challenge as you abide, as you practice. That's what Jesus was saying. He just told you to stand. He just told you to abide. And you know what abide means? It takes on from Google standpoint. And this is what I believe too. The word takes on a greater intimacy in the Bible and it's often showed the need to rely on the Lord in every aspect of one's life. You always hear me teach on my content, Lord, in every area and arena of my life in living, I want to abide. So abiding is about being in a place where one remains close your relationship is already sustained. But your fellowship is continual. And how we break our fellowship is in our disobedience of the pride of life, pride of the flesh, and pride of the eyes. You can say sin. And all three of those come into place. You want what you can have. That's your pride of life. Your, your flesh craves for it more than you do Jesus. That's a pride of flesh. It's pleasing to your eyes and nothing. You're going to do everything that your eyes see to be disobedient to Jesus. That's a pride of the eyes. Jesus came and gave his life for all those things, but naked on the cross. He didn't die with clothes on. They gambled his clothes. He got beaten for you with the five to nine inch dirty nails in his hands. And all he does tells us to do is confess him as savior and Lord because of what he did for us. And he still gives us a choice. Why would you want to live in hell and serve Satan who got kicked out of heaven as an angel of light. And one third of the angels got kicked out of heaven because of his pride of life, pride of the eyes and pride of the flesh. And then you go to hell. 
Do you know Jesus is going to forget you? Do you know Jesus is going to turn away because he is a holy God and that is his distinction from us? He could have told his son, no, I'm going to kill each and every one of them. I'm going to send all of them to hell in this whole white world. But he said, no, no. And he had to turn away because of his holiness when he sent his son down here to die butt naked on the cross. And I'm going to keep saying butt naked until you get it. Because I don't want to see anyone perish. And if you're an unbeliever, Jesus had to, God had to send his son down here to die on the cross and had to turn his face away. Oh my goodness. Thank you, Jesus. Because he is holy, holy, holy. This is why we can't look upon God's face and won't be able to do that until the day we are in heaven on earth. Because it would kill us. And he had to turn away because at that point, when Jesus was taking in all of our sins and bleeding out in his body, that was all those sins. Every last one of them. The ones where you say, oh, Jesus will forgive me. And you know you doing the wrong thing with your pride of life, pride of the flesh and pride of the eyes. The ones where you habitually keep doing. You ain't being real with God if you're going to habitually live in your sins. But if you want to be real with him right now, it says in Romans 10, verse 9, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that you, and are, that you believe in your heart, that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved as scripture says. Anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. It says, let's go back up to verse nine. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be safe. <laughs> I said safe, but I meant saved, but you will be safe. You can come to God right now. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I'm a low down, nasty, dirty sinner. I heard your word tonight. Or I opened up the word. I need a savior. And you are the only one that can save. Please, Lord, come into my nasty, dirty heart and clean it out and justify me unto righteousness for all my from all my sins. You are the savior of this entire world. Now that you have given your life to Jesus and you have confessed him as savior, the Holy Spirit has been breathed on you. Jesus has justified you and made you unto righteousness and all the angels in heaven are rejoicing. Yay, yay, yay. Myra's rejoicing. Yay, yay, yay. Now the good part. You have a permanent relationship with Jesus as a son or daughter of the most high. You have the Holy Spirit that's been breathed on you inside of you, inside of your heart. 
That was the confession. Now your justification is over. Jesus has given you. You are heaven. You are heaven. Heaven on earth. Your relationship is permanent. Now your fellowship begins. Your fellowship stays unbroken as you practice abiding in Jesus. Remaining steadfast in him through the power of his sanctification process that sets you apart through the power in the power of the Holy Spirit. Read.questions.org. They have 764 1,000 questions. How do I know I'm saved? Can you tell me more about God? Can you tell me more about walking in sanctification? That means God is setting you apart. Can you tell me about abiding in God? All these things. They even have the 66 books of the Bible. Read it. A good chapter and chapters for you to start off with is 1 John 5. And you can start at 1 John 1 and go 1 through 5. Get in a good Bible-based church where they're teaching the infallible word of God, but also where it is a house of prayer. Prayer goes along with the word. Meditating, communicating, meditating, reading. Don't only read it just to be reading it. Read the word bit by bit and ask God to open up your understanding. I don't care if you stay in a chapter for one one year or two years. Don't put any time frame on how the Holy Spirit is leading you. Let the Holy Spirit be your modus operandi. These, Jesus is your guide. The Holy Spirit is your advocate. He is your guide. That's not your conscience now. Your conscience is the Holy Spirit. Don't say something told me to do it. Unto righteousness, and if you're reading your word, the Holy Spirit teaches you how to have patience. It teaches you how to commit to Jesus Christ. It teaches you how to be good. It teaches you how to trust. You have to have faith in the word of God. Faith comes by believing the word. If you believe the word of God, you're going to trust in him and rely on him. And abiding in the word of God helps you to have faith in his word. And faith helps you to have trust in his word. David said, trust in the Lord and do good. He started it off with do not fret because of those who are evil. So the prerequisite to that is verse number three. Trust in the Lord and do good. No one should have to continue to tell you to give up your pride of life, pride of the flesh, and pride of the eyes. You should want to. How much do you crave to trust in God? How much are you willing to abide in Jesus Christ and have his sanctification process to teach you how 
to abide in him daily in fellowship. That's what this is about. It's about abiding and trusting in the Lord to do good. Are you going to do it? This is the talking piece signing off until next time.